podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey, everybody. Before we jump into our podcast this week, I think we I'm just I'm just jumping in to tell everybody that um, we've kind of been all over the place with release dates. I think for the summer we are going to release on Mondays and Wednesdays. Um, and then my hope is come fall and during the season to maybe release three times a week. So um, subscribe, let me know, leave me, send me an email, tell me what you're thinking about these things at steve at Um Again, I'm taking input from all of you. I'm trying to give you as much content as I can, um, but also not overwhelming your feed. So let me know what you think. Um, but I think for the, for the foreseeable future, we're going to go Mondays and Wednesdays. It seems to work really well and uh, we'll go from there. Let me know. Coach Unplugged is brought to you by great people over at teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. Here is your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Coach Unplugged. We're super excited that you've decided to join us this week. Um, this week, we're going to this is we're gonna kind of pivot a little bit here. Um, and this week, we're going to have uh, a clinic, clinic audio. Um, from a clinic that we uh, taped, I don't know, several months ago. Um, Coach Carrington's going to talk about building a team defense. Um, all the coaches over the next couple months as we do these, um, I'm going to put down in the show notes the clinic notes. So if you want to download those clinic notes, you can find them down in the show notes. Um, also, make sure you go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. And make sure you subscribe and like. If you, if you love these podcasts, please leave a review. All right, here's Coach Carrington. All right, our next coach um, has become a good friend, actually, to me over the last couple of years since I first met him about five years ago. Uh, coach Carrington served at Cardinal Gibbons High School in Raleigh, North Carolina, as boys' head coach from 2008 to 2014. Thirteen of his players earned academic all-conference honors annually. Five of the six seasons recorded North Carolina High School Athletic Association state playoff games. Cardinal Gibbons was the 2009-2010 uh, Carolina 6A, 3A conference champ, and Carrington was named the lead coach of the year. The 2013-2014 Crusaders earned North Carolina's highest grade point average among North Carolina High School Athletic Association basketball teams. Carrington, a previous assistant coach at St. Augustine's University and North Carolina A&T University, is founder of Key to Success, a seminar-based coaching development program. Over the last few years, I've had the privilege to attend many of his clinics. His key to sex clinics have been some of the most beneficial clinics I've attended. To show how great his character is, he invited some of our players the last couple weeks ago and myself out to a recent clinic that involved the ins and outs of recruiting. It was possibly one of the best clinics I've ever attended. It shows how great this is that he would give this away to our athletes uh, and give them something free. Uh, coaches, please welcome Marquis Carrington. I would like to say that I have a lot to do with our team uh, getting that GPA award out of all the schools in North Carolina. But uh, we, we had, uh, in our Carbon we had a lot of just smart kids, and I'll get into that in a second. Um, but before I get into my presentation, and I'm going to jump around, I'm just going to share a couple of things with you guys. And Coach, like I said, I'm going to get you back, we're going to get back on track here um, time So. Um, before I get into my presentation, I would like to, first of all, how many public school, high, like high school public school coaches do we have in here? So majority of perfect. As Coach was saying about a couple of weeks ago, I hosted a, a recruiting forum with Bobby and Cardi. Um, the ins and outs of recruiting and um, the key to success organization came about 
because I wanted to help and give back financially to, to kids in need, but through sports, through basketball. And over the years since 2011, it's kind of, it's, it's grown, right, to say the least, but this was the first event that it wasn't for coaches, it was for actual players to help them, to help parents. Because as you guys know, parents have no idea. They think scholarships grow on trees, as you know. You guys have a lot of conversations. And they just don't know, so we have to inform them. All right. So that came about through another um, through another uh, meeting that we had. Uh, and it was our second one. Uh, was bridging the gap between high school coaches and AAU coaches. All right, so I brought together some, some I'm not going to say all, some of the top high school coaches and some of the top AAU organization coaches and brought them together in one room. Because as you know, there's a, there, there's a divide there. All right, and there's a divide between the, obviously, the travel ball coaches within themselves. But we brought them together through that conversation. And what I'm going to tell you guys now is Coach Shavings, I think, he touched on this a little earlier. As high school coaches, all right, and through the, and the conversations I was having through with other coaches, you know, when we did the bridging the gap and the recruiting form, as high school coaches, you guys are in a situation now where it's becoming more popular for you guys to work your tails off and develop kids, your freshmen, sophomore, and sometimes junior, then they leave to go to a private school, all right? because they feel like they're not recruitable at their local public high school. All right, so as public school coaches, um, continue to do a great job. Spend time, get to know your players. As coach, one of the coaches said earlier, spend time to really get to know your players. Um, because again, we know that it's not true, but that's the perception out there right now that you can't get recruited if you play public school. All right, that's what's being said. We know that's, that's the issue. All right, so continue to do a great job. Again, it's becoming, as Coach was saying again, it's becoming year-round. <laughs> the way the association has done it, it's becoming year-round. Like, you don't really get a break. All right, but continue to do a great job staying in the gym. I challenge you to get to know all your players who travel ball coaches. And I know this sounds like a headache. You probably feel like you shouldn't or why should I do it. At the end of the day, it's not about you. It's not about the travel ball coaches. It's about the student athlete. It's about the kid. And the better relationship that you have with his coaches, the better relationship you guys have, the player is going to benefit from it. So I know it takes a lot of work, but you just send a quick text or something like that. And it takes a lot. And maybe there's a situation where you can put some of your assistant coaches, you guys can break it up. But it's a good, I think it's a good idea to get to know all your players in your program, whether they're recruitable or not, if they're playing travel ball. All right, it's to get to know their travel ball coaches. All right, that's just my, my, my skill. But with that said, why do we coach? All right. And I'm going to ask a couple of guys who are like, why do you coach? Like Coach Shavers was saying earlier, when Coach Hurley asked, like, what's your philosophy? All right. We have to know why we coach. If you can't answer that immediately, then there's a situation. You have to know why you coach. All right. You have to know why you coach. Coach, why, why do you coach? Reach the potential that they don't want to get. Right, right. Coach Young, why are you going? Young men. Absolutely. And it's about giving back. I mean, I, I would imagine most of us in here have had good, like, good experiences, middle school, travel ball, high school, in our lifetime. All right, and it's about giving back. 
giving back so kids can have good experiences. So we have to know why we coach. There's a lot of coaches out there that don't know why they coach. And most of the coaches that don't know why they coach, the teams are bad. <laughs> you don't need to get bad. So again, be prepared to tell, be able to tell why you coach, okay, and your philosophy, okay? That's important, okay? Now, as far as my presentation, when I started coaching coming out of college, I was, uh, I went to Carnegie High School, I was an assistant um, JV coach. And, I mean, the head JV coach was assistant partner. And the perception is so fun, like at the time we were in the private school, at Carnegie, we were in the private school. Hey, before I did, well, never mind, I can tell you later. All right, we're in a private school meeting, and then while I was there, we transitioned to the public school meeting. Okay. So the perception was we came into the league, and it's so funny. Everywhere we went, all right, people assumed they would say that we recruit. It was the it was the funniest thing. All right. It was the funniest thing. Because if anybody saw our teams, basketball runs, I mean, there was no way. Like, I just, we should have been fired off that alone. Like, it was ridiculous. We have to put in a lot of work, we have to do a lot of things differently. And I'm gonna get into that. It's just some of you guys may be in the same situation where you guys may not have the most athletic and the most talented teams individually, but you have to do some things differently. And I'm gonna just share some things that I did and that I've talked to other coaches that worked. Alright? And it may work for you, it may not, but I'm gonna share that with you. But we had to do things differently. So when I was there the first couple of years, but then we transitioned to the public school. So now we're playing two-way with Graham, uh, Cedar Ridge, Orange. I mean, it was tough. Our kids was, it was a shell shock for our kids because our kids come from a Catholic middle school. It's almost like a church school. Literally, they sit in the 2-3 zone. Everything, everybody gets a juice box at the end of the game. You know, they get snacks, they get orange slices. It's just a church league game, uh, basketball. So now they come to high school, now it's game on. So some of the things that we had to do different, all right, when I was there. All right, and when I took over as head coach, our teams were, our team were, we had the reputation of being tough, sharing basketball, okay? We were tough, we shared the basketball, we defended our tails okay? We defended our tails And some people will say that, we were dirty. I call it scrappy. Right, but we, they said we were dirty, and I'm fine with that. Because we were scrappy. We were not going to let you go wherever you wanted to go. Okay, we weren't going to do that. All right, we were going to make you do something different. All right, you had to do something different. We're going to try to take your best player away. And one of the things I want to share with you, again, we didn't have the most athletic guys. All right, and again, defensively, the guy that I played for, Bill Boyer, you guys may know, Coach that care, I played for my care. He went to Terry Sanford, went to at least four or five state championship games at Terry Sanford. Now he's back in the game, he's coaching at the Federal Academy. And it's a funny story. Like, I was, I grew up, you know, playing for him. Uh, I was all man to man, and I'm a man to man guy. And uh, funny story about defense. He was, uh, he just come from maybe losing him. It was a second state championship game. He ran into a kid. Funny story. The kid was in eighth grade. Coming and he was one of the ninth grade, he was one of the best players at there, guard wise. Probably the best player at there. He was in Terry Sanford's district, so Coach Boyer happened to run into him. Out. So Coach said, Hey, such and such. I'm like to say, Such and such. Hey, man, you're a heck of a player. We have, you know, I'm looking forward to coaching you. You know, we have this player, that player coming back. 
Now, mind you, they just came back. They've, they've been two state championship games. They've won multiple conferences, uh, championships, regional championships, section. And he told me, he was telling this kid, like, I'm looking forward to, you know, having the coaching. We're going to be pretty good for the next four years when we get to our program. The coach said, uh, the kid said, coach, I'm not coming to the school. I'm not going to take the school. He said, what are you talking about? You're in my district. How can you, how can you, how does that work? He said, coach, there's ways around. I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not going to the school. And he said, well, coach, well, why? I mean, I don't even understand why not. Like, he's, he's thinking to himself, we've been pretty successful, good players, blah, blah, blah. He said, coach, you guys play too much defense. Coach like, what? He said, you guys play too much defense, and you guys pass the ball too much. Which is crazy, all right? Successful program, kid doesn't want to come when they can play because they play too much defense, and they pass the ball too much. So I'm saying that to say this. Every high school player doesn't want to play defense. And that's okay, because without that kid, they went to three more state championships on after, and they won multiple games. So I'm saying that to say this. Every kid doesn't want to play defense in this spot. You'll be better off without that. If they don't want to play, they want to be part of the program. Stick to your guns, okay? Stick to your guns. Now, there's three musts, in my opinion, and we were always one of the top defensive teams in our conference and in the area, if not to say, we were always been really good. We always worked on one to three principles every day. And some in the beginning, the first uh, weeks of practice, we did like six. We would do stations, and we it was six. We would break everything down. Okay, so principles, shell uh, transition defense, and shell. Pretty much every practice, we, we broke that down. Every practice, we worked on our principles. Like as the year went along, it ended up maybe just being one principle. Okay, but we worked on eight for like one to three principles once we got past the first three weeks. Like I said, at the beginning, the first two weeks, it was more than that. But transition defense shell, that's every practice. That was must. We had to do that. Okay, we had to do that. All right, we're through the finish. All right, that's a must. Now, because we didn't have the most athletic kids, all right, we had to do things, like I said, differently. Okay, I was never a zone guy. So, my defenses were colors. So, say if we were red, okay, and some of you coaches probably heard this, but red. So, if I call red three, we had to use a football system. We use a football system, all right? Red three. Red three, if I call red three, that simply meant we were in two, three zone for three passes. On the third pass, we're in man. Seven, all right? Seven. Red three, all right? Now, the key was we always had to work on sprint to help, not a man. Right, we had to sprint to help, not a man. Okay. Now, if you were the best player, okay, if you were the best player, and we wanted to get the ball out of your hands, all right, we would go, this may be a typical call, red, red 30 fifths, or red 32 fifths, I'm sorry, you were number 32, red 32 fifths. That means we're red. The moment he catches the ball, okay, we're going to travel. All right, we're going to travel. Okay, and we would do different things, different things. We would do the same thing in, in man to man. Now, we wouldn't trap him if he got the ball at the free throw line or in the middle of the floor. Now, it's a given. Again, that's something that we had to drill. All right, but if he caught it on the block, on the wing, on a trapping area, we would trap him. 
Now, if we say we know this that uh, Coach Mullins, right? Mullins, he was the worst offensive player on the team. All right, and we're a man of man. And there's certain situations, and Coach, I know you could probably ball back in the day. But if he was the worst player, and we recognize that through the scouting, all right, on certain situations, all right, if he was the best player, if we were in green, which is our man of okay, we would call green 32 But we all, we all knew that, okay, Coach uh, Marquis guarding Coach Moss, I'm going to be the one that go trash. And then everybody else is zoning up in between. If we don't need to steal, we're spreading the help. If we need to switch, we're switching on the weak side. But we're going to be able to, everybody's going to be able to guard one through five. Uh, on our level. We're going to be able to do that. We're going to work. If that makes sense. All right. Is anybody confused about that at all? No? All right, great. Communication, right? One thing that we always worked on was communication. What's coach? What's the what's the one thing you said? Communicate. If you yell out, communicate, right? What is the first word that you're gonna hear somebody say? If you yell out, talk. Hey, we gotta talk, talk. What are you gonna say? Oh, most of them say ball. Bam, ball. All right. What's the second thing that's gonna, that someone's gonna say? It's two words. It's two words that they're gonna say every single time. Either ball or help. Hey, we gotta talk more. Then all of a sudden, you hear everybody ball. Help, ball, help, all right? As coaches, just like the way we teach blowjobs, the way we teach box ops, we have to teach them how to communicate. We have to teach our players how to communicate. And there's drills you can do. There's one drill I'm gonna show you that I, I do, I got it from Coach K, um, that we would do very, very often. And if there were a game where we didn't communicate well, all right, also be a run for it. Like, we all have a coach marking it down for every possession that we didn't have at least one play. If one player wasn't talking in that possession, we ran. The whole team ran. So as you started going along, you could hear in the game, I'm saying market, market coaching, and bench is yelling, talk, talk, talk. All right? But what we did, okay, what we did, we communicated. We worked on it. So... I don't know everybody's financial situation school-wise, like as far as your budget. So what you can do, what I did, we created, and this is the way that you create a defensive you know, mindset within your team, is hand out a defensive playbook. And it's simple, it's, it doesn't have to cost a lot of money. All right, but come, on, come up with your terminologies. If you call uh, a downstream, a downstream, your kid should be saying downstream, not a penny. All right. If you call, if, if you guys are rejecting the screen or icing or whatever, like Omaha, as we should call it, right, everyone should be saying the same thing. So put all your terminologies, and I will challenge you to make it different. Don't say switch. Don't say if it's a trap, trap, because obviously kids, they hear. Funny story, I'm playing against a coach, uh, playing against a team in Charlotte, and we beat them pretty good. And our kids were talking, everything's clicking. And we're yelling fire, fire is switch, fist is trap, but we're yelling different stuff. After the game, we're joking, but it's like, coach, man, all this fire, fist, fire, fist, this, this, all that. Just why not say trap? Why not say whatever? I said, well, why should I? You know what that is. Or your kids know what trap, they know what switch means. And of course, the game, they're not thinking if they hear fire or fist. They're not thinking, oh, this is what it is. They're not going to do that. They're high school kids. 
So come up with your own terminology now and write it down and type it up. Put a statement and give it to your post. All right? Don't be afraid of them going out someday and giving it to somebody else. It's, it's okay. Like, there's no secrets in basketball. You know what I mean? They still have to execute. All right? But give them, give them a playbook. And what we would do in our defensive terminology, and I would mix it up with uh, offensive stuff as well. But what we would do, say we had 12 guys. I don't know, can everybody, can people see, can you guys see this? All right. So we would line them up, four guys in each line. Okay. And I would have two coaches, three coaches, or a manager, or a kid that didn't play. All right. We have to be creative. Like the kids who are just the last one on the bench. If, if, if it's an uneven number and some drills, you know, help them, how, how do you help you be a coach? And I'll show you guys probably do some of that stuff already, but we would line them up and we would put 30 seconds in my, on the practice plan, we would have five minutes. All right? Allowed for, allowed for this uh, for this drill. But we were only going 30 seconds at a time, so we put 30 seconds up on the loose loop. They would slap the floor and they're in the stands. This coach would have four different terminologies. This coach would have four. This coach would have four. So for 30 seconds, we're here and it's all kind of tall. Fist, fire, green, red. I'm on your right, I'm on your left. Omaha. There's all kind of talk going on for 30 seconds. When it's over with, we talk a little bit. After that, we'll go again. And eventually, this line will switch over. We'll rotate. So during this five minutes, they will get practice time. Hey everybody, I hope you're enjoying um, this podcast. I know as a coach myself, um, and it's one of the reasons I started teachhoops.com, um, was that I knew that I wanted to become a better coach. I, I, I can feel <laughs> the, the people out there listening. Um, it's the reason I'm trying different things with the podcast. I'm trying to give you different aspects. Um, so hopefully you're enjoying those. Leave a review. Please subscribe. And uh, if you're really liking these things, go over and want, wanting to take your coaching to the next level, um, uh, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. It's a, it's a great resource. Um, they started it because it was something that I would have wanted um, as a coach earlier in my career. Um, you know, you have a community of, of fellow like-minded coaches. You have um, more resources than any person could probably want. One-on-one -on -one calls with me, office hours, you name it, we got it. Um, 14-day free trial. So go over and check that out. Um, and let's get back to the clinic note. Now, as far as talking goes, and like I was telling the coach, and I respect the heck out of you, by the way. That's why I keep pointing at you. Like, we've played maybe for team camp at Eastern Mississippi State, but I remember watching the team play Dudley at the, uh, the state championship. A lot of motion, cutting, five out, four out, like, good basketball. That's what basketball is about. Offensively. <clears throat> but, and what was I saying? I was talking. Oh, talk. Meaningful talk. You know, that's one thing that we have to teach our guys. Have it, like, purpose, per, be purposeful about it. All right? And personalize it, if that makes sense. After they talk, and you, you get them used to talking, then they have to learn how to personalize it. So now I'm yelling, Nick, I'm on your right. Nick, come straight from me. Nick, do, do blah, blah, blah. You have to personalize it. But it's about meaningful talk, not just talk. All right, that makes sense? All right, you have to teach them how to talk meaningful and, and make it, you know, purposeful. You know what I mean? Personal. All right? But that's a huge part of our defense. Again, that's, I would never, you know, again, as soon as you say talk, I, I guarantee you guys go back and work out this week coming up. 
if you're working and doing whatever, certain, just yell talk. And see what they say, they just yell talk. I mean, they can say ball or no. Right, we got to give them things to say. All right. Now, another thing uh, as far as creating a difference of mindset. And this can start off when you guys are doing open gym. All right. And there's two variations I'm going to give you the first is when you're playing, when your kids are playing open gym, instead of offense counting as points, let defense count as points. All right? Let defense count as points. And what's that, what that's going to do, especially early on, when, you, when you're starting to get your kids used to, used to this, getting them ready for the season. We all have this. We have kids who have no business being out there playing open gym. They're going to leave. They're not going to come. Because they're like, man, they're playing defense. Defense is going to score the points. They ain't going to go. They're not going to be around. Defense scores points. Okay, and what that's going to do offensively, your guy's going to take good shots. So it's, it's, it goes hand in hand. Because now, if I'm one of the ladies on the team and we're playing, and we know defense, defensively that's how we score points, we go and play offense. We want to take a good shot. Because if we take a dumb, quick shot, all right, the defense is going to get the point. We're just going to stay on offense. And obviously, we're losing the loop. Okay? Now, how you can mix that up a little bit and just let offense count as one point but let defense count as three. So now there's still some value to offense, but there's more value to the defense. And again, what you will hear in the gym, your guys are yelling at each other. Joe, that was stupid. Don't shoot a dumb shot. And what they're going to do is their guys that need to be taking a shot, they're going to be looking to get that guy the ball. And he's going to be taking a shot, not the guy who should be screaming and rebound. Okay? But again, that's one thing, another thing that you can do as far as, and again, once the season go around, you can do that during the season as well. All right. Now, a good friend of mine, uh, again, not so much, it's about, this is about kind of like implementing toughness within your program. A good friend of mine, Sean Walker, um, really good defensive coach. Uh, I, was, I was talking to him one day, and he shared with me a drill that he used to do, where it would really get heated in practice. Okay, Really get heated in practice. Okay, And he would always tell his guys, I want winners. Winners are going to play. Winners are going to play. Not losers. If you're losing, you're not going to play. All right. So what he could do, like anything of value, whether it's a rebounding drill, scrimmaging, or anything that will dictate a winner or a loser. All right. He would do this every so often in practice. Winners would run. Winners would run. So if we're playing the five, doing whatever. If we won, we ran. If we lost, we wouldn't go get blocked. All right. And I thought it was too confident. So they say, you got, you got to trick your player's mindset. So if I'm winning and, he, and, our, and my guys, if we're winning, if my team is winning, if I'm part of the group that's winning, I know we're going to play. If I'm losing, I'm going to be sitting down and drinking water. All right. So what the culture that he started creating, this is when he was at Grant. The culture that the culture that he started creating is that guys that they didn't want to go get more. Alright? They didn't want to go get more. And they knew like if they were running, they're getting in shape because they're gonna be playing. And the guys knew if I lost and I, if I continue to lose, I'm just gonna get water and I'm not getting better. I'm not getting better because I'm not getting in shape. So what he started hearing is, coach, cool, y'all here never run. Y'all here must have run that back. We gotta run that back. Hey, don't go get no water. Nobody get water. All right. Don't go get no water. All right. So what the culture that started being created, it was about being winners. 
We want to win. We're winning. We're, we're running. We're getting in shape. And he said, no, the day guys would be coming by his office wanting to know, can they do whatever again? And it created that competitiveness. Okay? All right? So, again, that's another thing. All right? Another thing that you can do is, as far as, you know, creating a defensive uh, and a competitive atmosphere, all right, and mindset within your team. Now, if you look at your sheep in your package um, that Coach gave you, all right, I gave, a, uh, I gave Coach a a defensive in-game shoot, all right, that I came up with when I was at St. Hall because we were really struggling physically, and I just, I needed coach, my coach to see how we were struggling. We were not getting stops, you know, consecutively. Does everybody have a back end if you don't raise your number? Are these your coach? Oh, no, he's all right, so you look at it, it says Southern Alabama. And listen, I'll call it Eastern Alabama. Where you at? Coach, I didn't know you guys would like when I when I did this. This is supposed to be an example. And don't don't be offended. I just asked who's your rival. So I'm not trying to put fire on the rival. I just said who's your rival. So I was just this is just an example. All right, so don't 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 take it personal. All right. I didn't know you guys were gonna be here. So um, does everybody see the sheet? This it says Southern Alabama student basketball, big game defensive sheet. And what I'll do, I'll get everybody's email from Coach Flo. And um, the sheet that you would actually, that you can give to your players to show them, like, at the, like the next day, right, I'll send that to you. Uh, some certain you got messed up, but I'll email it to you. But this is an in-game defensive sheet that I would use. All right, and if you're a coach that values the, uh, the um, Back-to-back stops, three stops in a row. Some coaches call it kill, kills. If you value how many times your opponent, how many possessions your opponent gets, all right, this is a good resource to just use at halftime or at the end of the game. Okay. Um, if you guys look at the sheet, so in the first quarter, and again, if you're if you're a team, and again, it was especially a game like for me. It, it was a game we played against Oxford with. All right. At the time, Isaiah Hicks was a senior. All right, they wouldn't say change what they did, but they were averaging like 81 possessions a game. It was ridiculous. And we were an average team. And it was no way that God's green earth, they were going to come to my gym and get 81 possessions. It was no way. So I had to be creative. We had to do something different. They were trapping one, two, two, full court, half court. They were just trapping the whole time. So we wouldn't shoot. Once we broke the pressure half court, we would pass the ram for 30 seconds, just we were in a spread look, just passing around, and we wouldn't shoot. Actually, it might have been 45 seconds. We wouldn't shoot. After that 45 second look, then we would start attacking. Well, we did that. By the time it came halftime, they were dead. They were dead. We had to cut those 81 down to 40. Had to. We had any chance to win whatsoever. The most they could get is 40. But I say that to, to say this. All right, if you value how many possessions they get, this is a good resource. So in the course of the game, instead of it being in bold, I would just mark it. I would put up X to it. All right? And then if it was a, a possession where they scored a free throw, all right, if they scored a free throw, I would just put an FT next to it because that's not going to go with, if you see at the end there where it talks about we stopped the opponent, you know, 61% of their uh, possessions or um, it's somewhere about, uh, I had the fist of percentage somewhere or should be there. All right? But I just made sure that I'd mark down if it was a free throw or not. But 
again, this is something that you guys can use. Because like if you look at first quarter, well, you know, if, if I'm a coach and at halftime I'm trying to figure out something to talk about, not figure out something to talk about, but if I, if I want to know how many possessions we, we got stopped, you know, I want to know if they got 20 possessions, which that's a lot of possessions, whatever. If they got 20 possessions, I want to make sure that they didn't score on no more than like around 30, 30 percent of those possessions. So I can just look at the sheet right, right quick and tell my assistant coach, hey coach, where are we at with uh, possession lines? How, how many how many possessions did they get? How many times did it stop? All right. So this is just something really simple that you can use if you don't have the resources to do crossover and all that other stuff. Um, this is a good a good resource for you. Like I said, I will give you I will use this as an example of what I would give the players. Because we didn't want to foul. So I would put, like, on the report, we would, I would list, you know, how many times we stopped them. You know, we stopped them three times in a row, you know, four times in the course of the game, right? You know, they stopped X amount of free throws, so we don't want to, we don't want to foul them. So, but this is what we did, okay? We gave up X amount of second chance points, all right? We gave up, we, don't, we want to minimize our threes, so this is a goal. We don't want to give them a lot of threes, but we gave up X amount of threes. My players will get this the next day after the game at some point so they can see like, okay, this is man. Man, we got eight stops in the world. Hey, coach, we got the of us. So you're here to talk. They just talk about it because they see it. You know, it's one thing for me to talk about it, but when they see it, it means a whole lot more. All right, but this is just something that you can use in the game, after the game, if you are a coach that values possessions, and, and things that I start getting certain amount of stops in the road. All right. Does anybody have any questions so far? Coach, how am I on time? Ten minutes? Wow, that's quite cool. All right. If it's a playbook, communication girl, when you guys are doing as we move along, now again, one thing that I, I realized, and not realize, but the more and more I watch games and I go to practices, and you guys have seen this, if you're just working on boxing, they think that that's it. If you're working on closeouts, you just work on closeouts, however you close out, you are going to close out and that's it. After you get down with it, like, defensively in my opinion, and obviously it's the truth, it takes multiple efforts to get stopped. Alright, it takes multiple efforts to get stopped. I can't just close out and then that's it. Alright, I got to close out and I got to stay in front of the ball. If I box out, I box out. Now, but my job is not over. I gotta locate the ball. And I need to go locate the basketball. I need to go get it, whether it's in my area or out of my area. So think about starting to do situational drills. Like situation closeout drills. Within your defense, start thinking about ways that your team will have to close out, whether it's I'm on a trap and that ball is passed out of the trap to another pass. All right, now I gotta go find my man. My man has the ball, or the guy that I'm uh, that's that my rotation that I'm allowed that I have to go close out, and that's a situation close out. So start thinking with your box outs, you know, your, 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 your traps and all that stuff. Situational, situational drills that will cause you to have to box out, close out, or help or whatever. Because you know, one thing if I'm in help, if I go help on that baseline drive. All right, great, I did, my, I did my thing. I did what I was supposed to do, but my job is not over. It's not over. Now, I did my job there, now I gotta go do something else. 
And one thing I found out of this when I was at, I saw, like it's plain as day, uh, when I was at St. All, we had guys that just felt like if they did that one thing, if I just, well, well, coach, I box out. Well, you got to do something else. You can't just box out. You got to go do something else. You got to go do something else. Right? It may, you may have to do 10 things in a position. You don't just do one. You got to continue. You got to do multiple things to get a stop. So, situational drills. All right, situational um, breakdown drills. All right, one thing that we used to do uh, shell-wise, all right, one thing we used to do shell-wise, and my guys used to hate me for this, but we have we would have to stay in the stand. Yeah, we weren't very athletic, but I loved to play man to man because that's what I do. That's what I was taught. That's what I was comfortable with. All right, and again, my way of playing was playing some zone was to play for a certain amount of passes and then get out. But one thing that we would rip the drill like crazy was we, we would play defense for 30 seconds. So my offense, you would pass her around and we're in shell. If someone stood up, stance-wise, if someone stood up, that 30 seconds saved, we got, we got down to two seconds. All right? Time stops, we start over. Put 30 seconds back on the clock. All right? You have to play defense for 30 seconds. When the horn goes off, the first opportunity, we don't shoot when the horn goes off. Then we're playing is live. So then the offense just start, they started playing and we're locked. Okay? So we would do that a lot. You know, 30 seconds. Because most times in high school, that ball is not going to, you know, if you can play 30 seconds solid, staying in the stands, rotating for 30 seconds and talking, you're doing pretty good. But that's not, more than likely, you know, a team's not going to go down to the ball in high school for more than 30 seconds, in my opinion. All right? Um, so that's one thing we should do. And we're, you know, our guys are pretty good at it. Um, let's see. Let's see. One thing that went out again that I when I see coming out of a timeout, all right. One thing that we used to do a lot, all right. After timeouts, we never came back out of we never came back in the same thing. So if you guys, if I'm playing, if I'm playing for Jones, okay, and I'm in man and man, all right, he calls a timeout. All right, when we come back out, we're going to be trapping, or I'm being in his own, or I'm being red three, red four, red five. All right, because again, my thing is I'm going to confuse you. I'm going to confuse your players. I'm going to slow them down. Okay, I'm going to slow them down. Okay, so we would never come back out playing the same game. Okay, so we would, I mean, that's, that's just a given. So, um, again, that's one thing our guys are really, our guys are super be on the money about. They used to, they used to tell us, the coaches said, all right, coach, we're, we're in, hey, coach, we're in man-to-man -man right there. They're going to be, they're drawing up something for man-to-man. -man. Let's do something. Let's, let's track, let's track uh, uh, whoever. Let's, let's go zone for this possession. All right, they were, they were on because they think that's what we do. Okay. Um, five minutes, all right. Ball screen defense. All right, ball screen. We would work on Again, some coaches, everybody's different. But I'm a true believer of guarding the ball screen in different ways. I never want you to get comfortable. If I'm always switching on a ball screen, obviously, you guys, you're going to run something against me where you get a mismatch and you're an attack. So I'm going to mix it up. I'm going to work on fire. It's, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna switch. Fist, we're going to trap you. Omaha, we're going to reject it. To reject the, the ball screen or we're going to make you ice it. So obviously, people got different things. All right, easy, man, we want money. If you can't shoot the ball, and our guys do, 
Like if I'm if, if I'm guarding you and I know you can't shoot the ball, or again, if I'm guarding a screener and I'm tough, let me back up. I'm sorry. The our rule for ball screen defense. Again, we like to work on it. Like we like to guard it three different, like three or four different ways. The guy who is guarding the screener, okay, the guy that's guarding the screener would call out the defense how we were going to cover. So we say the easy one under. Omaha mean we may have turned down. Firemen we were switching. All right, fist me we're trapped. And coaches are like, hey, coach, like, no, heck no. I'm not gonna give Johnny, who can't, like coach someone, he's an IP. Like, I'm not gonna let him get a uh, let him call what how we're gonna, you know, guard the ball, like the boss room. You will be amazed when you start giving your players some responsibilities. You will be amazed how they react to it. Because they know that you trust them. If you give your guys, you know, again, there's some situations like, especially in the game or in, in, the, in the quarter or right before halftime, you may have to say, okay, guys, look, we're switching. We're switching all balls. Don't call it any other way. Like, we're going to switch. We're, we're going fine. Or in the game, he is a mother. You know what? Like, we know if he's the best player on the team. It's a tight game. He is not going to beat us. So we're, they know, like, hey, hey, fellas, we're in fists. We're fists every time. If he comes up on a off the ball screen, we're trapping him every time. No matter what, he's not going to beat us. Somebody else is going to beat us. Okay? So I say that to say this. All right? You would be amazed how your players would react if you showed them some responsibility or, like, that you trust them. Okay? And again, yeah, they, they can be lazy sometimes because they may not feel like hedging hard because they're lazy, but they're going to do what they're most comfortable with or what they know with or what they feel like they can do with, I should say. All right. But again, as a coach, you have control of it. If you see and start recognizing whatever, obviously, you'll make adjustments. Adjust but uh, that's my time. Anybody have any questions? No? Great. All right. That's what time. Uh, my, if you want to follow, I'll be, we'll be running some clinics here soon. Next one, maybe in July. Um, at, if you're on social media, at KTS Basketball. Um, uh, that's my handle on uh, Twitter and um, Instagram. Everybody, I uh, hope you enjoyed that. Please go, go over and subscribe and like. We would really appreciate that. Um, remember, the show notes are down below if you want to get uh, any of those clinic notes that they were referred to. And then, um, Last thing is if, you, uh, if you're liking these you know, and you want to take your coaching to the next level, make sure you go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Have a great week. Sports Social Podcast Network.